0: of you is best show video first it's ready
1: good morning church family this is pastor doug if you uh, look up on the front row this morning you probably don't see cindy and i sitting there well there's a good reason for that we are up in pennsylvania this morning and we are ministering at World Harvest Outreach Church in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And just wanted to send you a quick video to say hello, and we're praying for you this morning. Believing God for a tremendous service at Harvest. Uh, but I just wanted to share my heart for just a minute. Uh, last week, uh, uh, myself and Cindy and Jason Elizabeth and Scott and Lisa Bowen, we were all at the Partners in Harvest Conference and catch the fire conference up in Toronto, Canada, and wow, what a great, great time we had, and just a tremendous impartation of the Father's heart, tremendous testimonies of what God has been doing in the lives of people as they are just coming into a, a greater place in their relationship with God, and and we had a we just had a blast, we really did. And um, you know, Partners in Harvest is one of the apostolic movements that we are partnering with now. Uh, we're actually partnering with three different, uh, movements. Uh, Partners in Harvest is one. Uh, Global Legacy out of Bethel, uh, Church in California is another one. And then Be Mosaic with Pastor Bill Bennett. That many of you know Pastor Bill. We're a part of that. Uh, the great thing about it is all these streams that, um that we're all moving in the same direction. It was such a revival heart, a heart for the kingdom of God, bringing the kingdom of God upon the earth today. And uh, uh, several years ago, we really sensed and felt like the Lord was saying that that he is uniting us with three fantastic, powerful movements on the face of the earth because it's what's in their hearts is exactly what is in our hearts also. But the, our time in Canada was fantastic. Thank you for praying for us while we we're up there. We missed everyone last Sunday, but uh, but we we, we were uh, had a great impartation from the Lord. One of the things that we're doing this morning is that Jason and Elizabeth and Scott and Lisa are going to share some testimony of what they had received up in Toronto in the impartation. Now, I just wanted to share one brief testimony. Um, they had several speakers there, Randy Clark, uh, John Arnott, uh, people that are a part of the Catch the Fire movement, Duncan Smith, and many others, but Heidi Baker was there. And, um, you know, I've only had an opportunity to hear Heidi one time years ago, but this past time, there was such, her heart is so wide open for the, for the things of God and what God's done through her, through the nation of Mozambique, and just really hearing her testimony of her hunger for God, uh, hearing her testimony of being in a place of being burned out, tired, she was a burned out missionary and, uh, and God just took her and ruined her for anything else. And, but for the presence of God. And, uh, I know when I heard that, that just so ministered to me, uh, that we all go through our times, uh, Uh, times of difficulty, times of good times, times of tiredness, times of being challenged. But you know, it really comes back to the place of just hungering for the presence of God. And how, because of her determination to hunger for the presence of God, to grab hold of the Father heart of God and to be empowered by His Spirit, what she took back into the nation of Mozambique and God has transformed that nation because of this amazing woman. And it just gave such uh, encouragement to me, I know, but also to Cindy, that as as we are grabbing hold of the vision that God has given us for Richmond here, that uh, we believe that there is going to be a transformation in this city. I really, really believe that. And uh, just hearing from Heidi was so encouraging to know that sometimes we go through a, a long journey sometimes. But God is there. God is with us. And being in His presence and, and, and just and receiving from Him on a daily basis and knowing that God has a phenomenal plan for our lives. And I tell you, uh, I am all about uh, accomplishing the plan that God has for my life. And I believe that uh, you also a desire to accomplish the plan that God has for your life. So that's just one thing that really touched my heart this past weekend. Uh, I praise God for Heidi and so many others, but uh, yeah, it just was a it just was a, a sort of like a breath of fresh air for me. So.
0: Alright, let's hear it for technology yeah. yeah, we got a bunch of videos today And our projector down here Our other one died So we're praying for a new one This is our backup, just so you know It's not normally strings hanging down and, But it is what it is, right? We get it done Yeah, so um, last week The entire week, Pastor Doug and Cindy My wife and I, Lisa and Scott We all sojourned up to uh, Toronto, Canada and uh, had an amazing time up there. And it was their annual conference. With two conferences, like Pastor Doug said, the Catch the Fire conference, which was before the Partners and Harvest conference, um, which is amazing. Catch the Fire conference has gone on. This was the 20th Catch the Fire conference. Um, so I don't know if many of you know. Have you heard of the Toronto Blessing, the Renewal in Toronto? Raise your hand if you have. So babe, a little more than half. Back in 94, of January 20th 94, God did something different or interesting. It wasn't different. It's not like it had happened before in history. But it was a renewal of the church. There was an awakening of the church. You know, some people call it more of a renewal as opposed to revival. It was a renewal of the church. There's many, many, many burned out pastors, leaders, Christians, normal people that were just like, you know... Just burnt out there, that they've lost their first love for Jesus, going through the motions. You know, they had all their issues like anger, shame, bitterness coming out, and just like, and then just kind of like done. And in that time, God poured out. There's a prophetic word which came true, It's like Niagara Falls of renewal of His love, of His presence, of the Holy Spirit. And so, 20 years ago, 19, uh, January 20th, 1994, things changed. Randy Clark, built. You know, John and Carol are not the leaders of this church. Small church, just believing for more. Just got back from Ar- Argentina with uh, uh, Claudia Friesen. Friesen. Um, they were just revivals hitting like amazing out there. John and Carol came back from there, and, and Claudia Friesen was like, "Come on, if you want it, take it." you want it, what is he talking about? was you want it, the Holy Spirit, the awakening, the, the anointing, the power, the Holy Spirit to come and refresh people. to will awaken hearts to bring healing to the soul and into people's physical bodies. That, that's available. And then it's, this stuff is available, but this was an impartation of breakthrough. It was a breakthrough that happened. And John and Carroll came back just like, God, we're, you know, come do it again. Do it again, Lord. And Randy Clark was fresh from that too. And they came back and just, God... Wrecked everybody Wrecked everybody They were, had a moment of like Just God moving And it had a leader next door hearing all this noise In the classroom across the hallway Said what's going on So she ended the class It came back from the classroom And looked around like where is everybody Where would everybody go And she really, like, looked down and, like everybody was on the floor And she's like oh dear And she fell on her face on the floor And just like God was present Not just by faith but tangible, for real. The realness of God, His joy, His presence. You know, He's the God that says with joy without measure. What does that look like to you? You know what I mean? Like joy without measure in our midst, that you can be refreshed. And so um, Pastor Doug shared about Heidi Baker. Heidi Baker was, like I said, a burnt-out missionary. I was trying to be fast, because I'm supposed to let these guys share. Was a burnt-out missionary who was like, she's ready to be done with the missions field. She's ready to go work at Kmart. You know, seriously, she's done. But God, long story short, God brought her here that was going on in Toronto and wrecked her. She was on the floor, wrecked by his love and his presence. His love pouring in. And she lay on the floor for seven days. But think about that. You know, what, would we, what would we do? You know, I was thinking about as a leader, what would I do if somebody's just out you know, like, you think, well, weird is this? What would we do? Will we try to shut it down? Like, come on, wake up. Let's get going. What's the deal? Come on. But John and Carol did not. I just, I was, I, for me, like, I don't know if you do this, like, Elizabeth and I both went to school in Toronto. This was, like, ten years ago. We were in school there. And so we, we went back. and It was just awakening of all this reality of our roots, reconnecting with our roots there. And I'm personally so thankful for the leaders there. The leaders did not shut it down. It looked so weird most of the time. I mean, most of the time. Not just a little bit of the time, like most of the time. It looked so weird. But they didn't shut it down. Yes, they went and talked to people and said, hey, what's going on? What's God doing in you? And, and talked. And there was some weird things and trying to, like, pastor it. But they were so careful to, to put their hands on it and to control this thing. Because they knew God wanted to be God and God being in our midst. To let Him freely be Him and do, bring restoration in hearts. Bring in joy again. That people could laugh when they could never laugh before because of all their pain in their body. Because of all the depression that they've been walking through. Because of all these things in their past. They can have joy, finally. Because God was moving and it'll let them, let them enjoy the Lord's presence. They didn't shut it down and say, hey, come on, you're being too loud. Or come on, you're just, you're just faking it. Or come on, it's just a flesh." You know, I just it it hit me hard about like you know how much is it like the foolish things of the world that confound the wise. How much of the world is in me that I get that I get offended by the things of God that I call it foolish. And it was just hitting me like, oh my gosh, you know, like I call things foolish. It was really it's, it's God, and I have too much of the world in me because I see it through the world's eyes. So I want God to be God, and I want to even us convicted as leaders. I want God to have His way and people to encounter God freely. And we're not going to shut it down. We're not going to shut it down. We want God to be God. Let the river flow of His presence. And so anyways, I want to pass time on because do the time to my wife, uh, oh, I was around, yeah. to my wife's sister.
2: I'm going to try to pose myself. Okay, can we, y'all just do me a favor. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. Let's just put our hands out. Let's just say, keep coming, Holy Spirit. Keep coming, Holy Spirit. Fill this place. God, we're so hungry for you. We're not satisfied with what we had yesterday, God. We've got to have your fresh presence, the fresh manna. Oh, thank you, God. We thank you. We say do what you want to do. Have your way. My husband and I would go to Toronto every year for our vacation because we were hungry for God. Because we, we just had to have more and we knew that he was moving there. And so we would use all our vacation time and spend the extra money that we had saved up to go there every year. And um, we hadn't been able to go in like eight years. And so we went and we were just so, you know, with so much anticipation of what God was going to do because we're so hungry for him. And we don't like religion. And we don't like just going through the daily stuff without him. Because it's just not worth it. (sighs) And, uh, you know, I I struggled with fear and insecurity and intimidation and all that yucky stuff for years and years of my life. And uh, I got a lot of freedom there, and I got a lot of freedom through going through different, a couple different inner healing things, RTF, and um, God's done a major work in my life, um, you know, but there's there was still some fear of um, speaking, fear of talking to people, fear of getting up in front of people and talking, and just the lie that you know, comparing myself to other people and saying, you're not like them, you don't have anything to give, and um, why would anybody want to hear what you have to say? And um, And the the first um, thing that happened when I got there was this lady came up to me and she said, God said something to me, can I tell you? And I was like, yeah, please. And she said, I saw this thing wrapped around your head, like and it was kept your mouth shut. And she said, you have things to say that people need to hear. So just by faith, take it off. And I did. I took it off. You know, I just went took it off. And um, that whole week, God just did one thing after another in my life. Um, just to bring that a deeper freedom, a deeper security, a deeper identity. You know, it's like, you know, different speakers like, uh, Randy Clark got up and shared about how when God first used him at Toronto to pour out revival there, that um, people that knew him were like, Randy Clark, like, it can't be the Randy Clark we know. Because he was so obscure, so, like, nobody would have ever thought God could use him. And here, you know, I mean, he's got this worldwide ministry, and it's just changed thousands and thousands of lives. And then Heidi Baker got up and she shared how she had dyslexia when she was young and how there was this shame and this fear that covered her for years because she thought she was stupid. And she would cover it up and she learned to memorize things because she couldn't read. And um, even after God healed her of the dyslexia, she still had that shame. And uh, she would just cover it up. And then she finally got to this place where she got some healing and God freed her up from that spirit of stupid, you know, like, like that, that lie that says, you're no good. You don't have anything to give. You can't do it right. You're not, you know, you're not good enough. You're never good enough. You know, and I just heard all these stories and I got all these words. And during ministry times, God would just flood me with his presence. And I just would lay on the floor and just overwhelmed by his presence. And it was like, it's not about how good you are. It's not about what talents you have. It's not about how good you can speak. Because all through the Bible, God used people that couldn't do it on their own. They couldn't do it. They didn't have the gifts. They didn't have, you know, Moses. I mean, one after another, God, I, I just, I can't. I'm not good enough. I, can't, I don't have the right words. And it was like, God's just like, I want to pour it out through you. I want to pour out the oil of joy, the oil of healing through your life. So yield to me, yield to my spirit, and I will do it. But see, I have to yield. I have to not worry about what it looks like. I have to not worry about, about how foolish it might seem. But I just yield to His Spirit. And I stay in the river of His presence. And I don't go back into striving. And I don't go back into trying to figure everything out and do it on my own strength. But I stay in the river of His presence. I soak. I worship. I listen to, the, to words. I, I spend time in the Word. And as I do that, as I spend time with Him... Out of the overflow of my heart is his presence will flow to others. And so I just want to encourage any of you who feel like, you know, you felt that. You felt you're not good enough. You felt like that, you know, the lies and the things holding you back, that God wants to partner with you. He does not choose to do it on his own. He wants to to work in us and through us to touch the world around us. So just as we continue to share, we're gonna have a time of ministry towards the end, but just open your hearts to what God
3: wants to do. And even as you're doing that, if, if you want to do you, have,
2: do you want to... I had a scripture <laughs> and I just want to share real Okay, and, and Jason touched on it, but it's God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame that that which is strong. The base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not so that he may boast. So that he may nullify the things that are, that no man may boast before God, because he wants the glory. So I just wanted <laughs> to share that.
3: And that's 1 Corinthians. First uh, First Corinthians 127. Why don't y'all just stretch your hands toward Lisa? Let's just bless what God's already done. God, we bless what you're doing in Lisa. We say no fear. (laughs) We say more, more in Lisa, more in her life. God, we thank you for the words that you've given her to speak. Thanks, Holy Spirit. So even as you're opening your heart, you're engaged this morning, I just encourage you to do that more and more. If you want to, you can come lay up the front or come sit up here. Whatever, feel free, whatever you want to do. Um, man, I, I just love Rifle. Where's Rifle? Is he still in here? I, I just, okay, well, I'll talk about him when he's gone. I just love him so much. I love the cultures. I love the cultures. I mean, who knew they didn't have hayrides in South Africa? (laughs) But I just, I love the cultures, you know, and that's heaven. From every tribe and every tongue. (sighs) From all the ages, forever and ever. That's the kingdom of our God. That's so beautiful. God, I just love that. I love his heart. I started... um, I grew up in church. I was, I was a pastor's kid, sort of, kind of. and uh, But I hated the church growing up. And uh, and I wound up in prison when I was 21 because I was selling drugs and doing a bunch of other just gnarly stuff. And it was bad. It was bad news. and And Jesus showed up on the scene in jail, and all of a sudden it was good news. <laughs> it was radical, and it changed everything forever and ever and ever. He came in and I'm a happy man now. And that was 21 years ago, you know, and and I started I went went to my first Randy Clark meeting in 1995. And I wasn't sure about the church, but I said I can do this. I can do the kingdom. Cuz there's a major major difference between church and the kingdom. And I'm an elder in the house here at Harvest Renewal. And I want you guys to know that Harvest Renewal is not about church. It's about the kingdom. There's a major difference. And it's all about the heart. It's this heart shift. Because you are the church. (laughs) You are the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand. And so even when we stretch our hands and we know that Jesus lives in us, if, if you're walking with him and you know him, And if there's not, there'll be a chance to know him today. But his kingdom is at hand. He's within us. And one of the things is, you know, we we got involved in, in this thing called the river movement, this revival movement, this kingdom movement in 95, and it radically changed my life again. And it was awesome. We all need radical encounters with God that change us forever. I mean, that's what the Bible's all about are normal people who mess up and make lots of bad decisions, and then God shows up, and they're totally changed forever. And then they go out and they show people Jesus in them. They go out full of the Holy Spirit and change and impact the world, and they shake nations, and they turn governments, they turn educational systems, they turn... Marketplace systems they turn government systems by the power of the Holy Spirit that's within them And so we went up for the 20th anniversary and there was this guy named Daniel Cho there Daniel Gideon Cho And uh, he was an oriental guy and he um, He when the when this first broke out in 94 God came on him in such a way where he was Jumping and people in the front row, and you'd be like, "Rah!" and roar like a lion. Rawr, and roar like a lion. And he'd run over. rawr, roar like a lion. And people were like, "What's going on with the, this Oriental guy roaring like a lion?" And and so they were trying to figure it out. But all the leaders really felt like it was God, and they were like, "What's going on?" And so they gave the guy. They talked to the guy, and ended up he was a doctor. I think you know had his. Doctor Divinity and something. And so it wasn't his normal behavior to go around roaring like a lion. And so they ended up giving him the microphone. He shared his, his story. And he was like, God came to me in such a way where he was showing himself as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's going to move over my nation of China that has bowed his, its knees to the dragon for centuries. And the lion of the tribe of Judah will conquer the dragon of China. And so he was there last week, came back 20 years later. He was there sharing a story. Came back 20 years later just saying, thank you for not shutting that down. Because 20 years later, I just got back from China, and I met with the five heads of the underground church in China. We're talking 50 million people. Oh, God's moving in China 50 million people within five organizations of the church in China and And he said this is what God's done these leaders. They don't want to be uncles. They would call themselves uncles Um, but they want to be fathers and they want to embrace what God's doing. They want to embrace the father heart They want to embrace who God is and be healed and and move in China and they just had their first, um, we're so blessed in America because we can do this on Sundays. We can do this on Saturdays. We can get together any time we want to. But in China, if they get together in public, usually they're taken to prison for an unknown number of years. Because it's not legal. It's, it's against the government. Do you all know that? Okay. Because I know sometimes, even myself, we live in this bubble. That we don't know how it's like in other countries. And so they just, in China, they just had their first open air meeting with how many thousand? 50,000? I don't know, thousands. And they came out and they worshipped together in like a coliseum. And they said, we don't care if we go to prison. We're going to worship Jesus in open. There's too many of us, they can't take us all to prison. I was just like, come on. That's so good. But, I mean, for him celebrating and coming and saying, thank you for not shutting down something that looked totally weird because God was speaking to my heart, and now we're connected with all this stuff, and the line of the tribe of Judah is rushing over China. But one, one verse. Wow, time just flies. Woo! One verse, and we're going to have prayer and impartation here in a little while. And so if you do come up for prayer, just receive from God. That's who you're connecting with. It doesn't matter who lays their hand on you. Because in the Bible, there is this, a transferring of power when you lay hands on people. Lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Lay hands on someone, stir up the gifts, and so there's a transference of power. There's an impartation. There's a giving and a receiving, both from God to man and from man one to another. But there is one of the things I wanted to remind you of this morning is Matthew five three, because we need hunger. Thank you, thank you. One, yeah. I see lots of heads shaking. We need hunger. We need to be desperately hungry for God and what God wants to do. Hunger pulls heaven. Hunger will shake this house with the presence of God. Hunger will shake this hit city with the presence of God. Hunger will change this nation. And we know that people hunger in all sorts of ways, and they try to satisfy that hunger with all sorts of things. But I'm talking about hunger for, for Jesus, hunger for God. Hunger for God. And I just wanted to say this about Toronto. When I go to Toronto, I'm, I'm really reminded that it's a place to drink and it's a place to eat. Drinking of the river, drinking of Jesus' blood, feasting on Jesus' body, just like we did this morning in the remembrance. Eating of the flesh and, and drinking of his blood. But blessed, happy... To be envied and spiritually prosperous with life and joy, satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the poor in spirit, the humble, who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So be encouraged. You are the church. It's not about this building and Sunday morning. It's not about going someplace. It's about you, the church of the firstborn, living it every day.
4: I think the four of us have way too much to say for 30 minutes. (laughs) We're all like trying to cut out stuff. Cut this out, cut that out. We need like a year to be able to share everything that God did when we were in Toronto for a week. Um, So I'm going to try to go really quick and I guess cut out a bunch of things. But um, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about the heart. God told me yesterday that he wanted me to talk about the heart today. Because the heart, you know, God's dream for us, I believe his top dream for us, is that we would live with hearts fully alive and fully in love. Fully alive and fully in love. Fully open to him. Fully open to everything that he wants to do. Whatever his plan is for our life. But you don't have to live in this world very long before you realize there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain in the world. We live in a world many are growing up in broken families many are going to schools and being bullied many are are just in, in in school and work different places they're 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 getting the pain of this broken world that we live in and so what happens is we we there's so much pain and sometimes it feels like God it's just too much God I can't And so the way that we deal with it is we shut down our hearts. We say, this is just too much. I just can't, God, I can't do this. And we shut down. And maybe it's a part of our heart. Maybe it's a few different parts. For some, maybe it's your whole heart. And um, one of the things the Lord showed me is oftentimes, even in the church, we, we shut down our heart, yet we still really love God. And so we go through the motions, and we're doing it all on the outside. We're doing all the right things. We're doing, you know... We can be really good pretenders. But our heart inside, we're dying. Inside, our hearts are cold. Inside, we just, we feel so far from God. And we end up, we love God with our mind. We can still do that. But our hearts are shut down. And, um, yeah, I have way too much to say. Okay, I'm just going to skip to the end here. Um, So what the Lord showed me is there's an option that's not shutting your heart down. And, just, you know, I feel like we always have to be real. It's important to be real in church, right? Um, before we went to Toronto, I was at that place where I'm like, God, I just can't do it anymore. I'm done. But I knew that God wouldn't let me shut my heart down because he'd already worked that in me. I knew if I shut my heart down, I'd be in direct disobedience to him. So I, I was just like, God, give me a way out. I'm asking him for a way out of, of having to stay engaged, having to keep doing life. With people, You know, sometimes it's easy. To, I, I just stay at home. That would be easier, right, God? You know, and so God in his mercy took me to my favorite place on the earth, Toronto. The place that feels more like heaven than anywhere I've ever been. And he sat me there. And he let me weep. And he just let his love wash over my heart. Wash over my heart. Wash over my heart. Because I said, God, I'm not going to shut down. I just can't. Because I know, as soon as I shut my heart down, I've shut my heart down to you, and I've I've removed myself from intimacy. And so, God, I said, God, just wash over me. And I just in that place, God just opened heaven to me, and He just He showed me dreams and visions, and just made sense of it all. In that place, I said, God, He brought healing. He brought restoration. So that was the first thing I want to say, and I could talk about this for a long time, but I just want to encourage you all in this place, and even as we're about to transition into our ministry time, to, to find that place with God. God, where have I shut down? Where have I been hurt? And out of my own control, I've closed off. I've closed down to you. And allow him to reveal that to you and and walk it out over the next weeks and months. It's a process. Healing is a process. Um, But the other thing I wanted to share is as we were up there and we're just getting just blasted and just refreshed in his love and just a new lease on life, and just everything that we needed, I I just thought of all of you. I was just like, God, I wish they could be here too. I just wish I could brought them all with me in my suitcase, you know. And, um, and God reminded me of a vision that I had several weeks ago when we were in pre-service prayer. And it was very simple at the time. I didn't really think much of it. But the vision was of this. I saw the church building, and it was on fire, and it was just flames of fire. And, and, um, and, and when we were in Toronto, and God was showing me this again, he reminded me of the vision and I saw people walking in as people, and I saw them going out as flames. You know, they would walk in as people, and they would go out as flames. And I, I felt like the Lord said that this house is destined to be a house of fire. We're destined to change the city, and it was like the fire would go out, and it would, it would go to different places within the city. It would go to different places on the campus, and that fire would spread. But that, that this, this house, I just saw this flame, this beautiful flame that couldn't be contained. It couldn't be put out. And, and as I dialogued with the Lord about the fire, he said, the fire is two things. It's first of all, passion. It's simply a passion for Jesus. That you desire to know Jesus more than anything. That you desire Jesus more than you desire anything. Else on this earth. The passion that it would consume you as we sit before the God who is an all consuming fire, that that would consume us and that we would become love, that we would become passion, that everyone that we come in contact with would be, it's like they can't escape it because that's who we are. And then the Lord said, It's purity because the fire of God is a refining fire. You can't get close to it. And your junk stay. So if you choose to go towards the fire, it's going to burn it all off. And so it's a choice. It's a choice for passion and it's a choice for purity. But it's a choice. God's not going to make you be on fire if you don't want to. But I believe that this house is destined to be a church on fire. We're destined to be a church on fire to change this city, to change this campus. Because it's not just about us. And so that's what we wanted to do this morning. We want to give a time. And there's no pressure. There's no, you know. But if you're hungry for fire, if you're hungry to see more passion in your life, more purity in your life, we just want to invite people to come up. And and we're going to just even release the, the worship team and the ministry room, we're not going to have you minister right now. We're going to let this be a time for everybody to receive. We're just going to put a CD on. And those of us that, that went, we're going to come around and we're going to pray for different ones and just impart. Where it's not going to be a lot, a lot of words and a lot of talking. It's just going to be you seeking God and, tra- and meeting God in that place. And allowing the fire of God to come on you and to touch your life. And I just want to say, too, that it, it may look different for different people. You know, for some people, you may see something on the outside. There may be an outward manifestation. For some, it may not. It doesn't make any difference. But you believe in faith that God's touching your heart and that God's bringing fire to your life. So we just want to invite you to come forward, and we're going to minister. We're going to pray, but just seek God in this place. Just come. Just come. Whoever's hungry...